Let's give your parents a call right now. Welcome to episode number 32 of Geeking with Moms. My name is Nicole Tanner and I'm a geeky mom and I'm going camping with my daughter. Again? Again. I'll Again? talk about that in a minute. What? What's <laughs> happening? Hi, fellow mom, Regina McMenemy. Hi, Regina. Hi. Uh, and then our resident dad, Stephen Dutzman, who's editor and founder of Engage Family Gaming and is drinking, chugging, Energy. What is it? Gamer fuel. Game, gamer okay, fuel. Okay, so the one that I just finished <laughs> is Charge Tropical Strike Game Fuel game by fuel. Mountain Dew Amp, um, and it tastes like diesel, or at least <laughs> what I imagine diesel would taste like. But the one that I just opened is Rain Total Body Fuel Peach Fizz, <laughs> okay. um, which I got specifically because it sounds absurd. Okay. Well, you have to. Yeah. And. Um. I mean, here's what's crazy. Um, now, I don't have a sense of smell, so everything's weird to me. They taste the same. Oh. <laughs> now, that doesn't make Disappointing. any sense to me. Because one of them is like an, an energy drink, that's, and one of them is like literally just weird like Mountain Dew, and they taste kind of the same to me. Okay. So here's the thing that just has me kind of blown away. If I had as much caffeine as you have consumed... I wouldn't sleep for 12 hours. <laughs> I can only have, I have to drink my coffee before noon or I can't sleep that night. So, yeah. like, knowing you're planning oh, to yeah. go to bed when we're done recording makes me very concerned for you. <laughs> um, I, that my superpower. You can sleep anywhere. You've had this discussion is that, before. Um, that's, the sleep anywhere is because I'm old. Um, <laughs> And because I'm a I'm a dad. I mean, we all know like the secret of dads is they can just fall asleep like on the couch. Like, if you haven't developed that superpower as one as a dad, you have to like work on. But like, I have it. It came naturally to me. Um, but the, my real superpower, and I've had it since forever, is that with very few exceptions, um, I can lie down in a if I'm lying down in a place where I'm supposed to be asleep, I will be asleep within minutes. And so that means that whenever there is a get up in the middle of the night to do a thing thing, mm. that was my job. Right. So like um, I did night feedings and night diapers and uh, yeah. night mm -hmm. laundry because um, when it was when it was feasible, some you know in certain circumstances I did not have the appropriate tools to do so. But um, when possible, <laughs> I did it because it would take my wife like two hours to get back to sleep, whereas I could get back to sleep in minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, yeah. I can't either. I can't. I, yeah, once I'm awake, I'm at least an hour before I fall back to sleep. Yeah. And it sucks. Um, that yeah. sounds terrifying. It, it's terrible. It's why I ended up yes. bed sharing with my daughter, because it was just easier to be with her when she was sleeping than yeah. wake up and go so back to try to go back so to sleep. It's hard for me to get to sleep. Um, I use this app called Calm that has oh, yeah. sleep stories in it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and I have to listen to those almost every night. And it's fabulous. People out there have like <laughs> daily meditations and other kinds of stuff in this app. It's subscription based, but it's not that expensive. It's like $70 a year or something like that. Yeah. This app is amazing. <laughs> I totally recommend it. It's, changed my life. You're not the only one I've heard this from. Yeah, it's it's really cool. And the lady who does the 
the daily meditations is, is really good. And they've got masterclass things on there. There was one with um, Elizabeth Perkins, um, the author of Eat, Pray, Love. I think her name is yeah. Elizabeth Perkins. But she was talking about, like, you know, how to release your creativity and things of that nature. And it was really interesting to listen to her. But anyhow, <laughs> Calm, very cool. Calm yeah. is something that I hope to be this weekend. When you're camping again? When I'm camping again. Um, this is Girl Scout in Camperee. So it's not camping with friends. It's camping with girls. Well, I mean, some of the other moms are my friends. Wow. But I was about to say, we're sleeping- harsh. <laughs> <laughs> we're sleeping in open air so, cabins. I mean, and it's supposed camp- to be down to 40 degrees. Yeah. Are, <laughs> campouts are like a core part of the the scouting experience. Yes, I know. I but there are way more of them than you think that there would ever be. <laughs> so welcome to welcome to the to the realization. When you right. put them on the calendar and you go, what are they doing going for a camp out every three weeks? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so so we'll see. <laughs> I don't I am sure I will come back a different person, whether that's a good oh, one thing way or, a bad or another. Thing. <laughs> see. Um, our boys had a camp out last weekend. Yeah. It was canceled the, the morning of, it was converted from a camp out to, um, a day trip because apparently in the Northeast United States, we have a problem with some kind of encephalitis. Okay. It's bug born. And so because of, and because of reasons, um, uh, insects live farther into the year than normal. Uh-huh. I don't know. And um, people can t- take that little walk if they want to figure it out themselves. Um, it's a puzzle. <laughs> it comes with the podcast. Um, and so um, they had like this whole biking thing pro- um, planned, and they had to scrap all of it, and they just like went and made campfires for a day. Um, oh. They were stoked. My wife was not, because it happened while I was away LARPing, and she was hoping oh. to have a night like just her and Maggie yeah. doing like mom and Maggie stuff. Yeah. And nope, it was two like dirty, stinky boys came back into the house. Um, and then the next day I came home and, you know. And there were not three a, dirty, you know. stinky boys. And then there were three dirty, stinky boys. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, I was in the Poconos, which are in Pennsylvania. And wow. That's a long way and, to go for LARPing. <laughs> um, it's about four hours. It's four hours. Five if you get stuck in traffic caused by a burning garbage truck. That happened once. Yeah. Um, okay. You want to see some craziness? See a garbage truck on fire? Because um, <laughs> they burn real hot. Yeah. Um, but, I'm sure. So it's four hours, but it's worth it because it's a, it's a site that's dedicated to it. But anyway, we could go into that later. But um, the thing about the Poconos this time of year is, again... Because reasons, you can take a walk. Um, there are occasions where it is ninety during the day, but under forty at night. Oh, yeah. And that just does weird things to your body. Yeah. Um, and like the grass is always wet in the morning, like it rained, even though there was not a cloud in the sky. It was super weird. Mm. Um, so yeah, I came home, all my stuff was soaked, and my wife was like, "Did it rain?" And I was like, "No, not even a little." It was weird. And yeah. some of it was because of the water in the ground, and some of it was because I'm a fat guy and I sweat a lot. So <laughs> it was rough. It was rough. My wife was like, this is the grossest weekend of my life. Yeah. And I'm like, 
well, at least I was gone. Yeah. She, she agreed. At least you were gone. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> oh, man, the things I do for my daughter. It's cool, <laughs> though, because it's like a zombie apocalypse themed, so it's like, you know, lots of times these encamperies, it's like random crafty type things, but this one is like <laughs> hardcore survival skills, um, which is good to learn. Um, and then Anna's uh, like, rule number one, always double tap. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Anna's like, why do, we, why do we need to learn these things? And I'm like, well, if something bad happens and we have to live in the woods, we have to know how to do that. <laughs> so that's why right. we're learning how to do that. So. <laughs> yep. um, but the, the scouts have had like zombie survival like outings here and there that we've gone to. Um, but this is a whole thing. Apparently they're going to have a thriller dance party the first night of camp so we'll see great great Great. um regina do you get the sense and this is this could just be me do you get the sense that nicole is like kind of not into some of the girl scout camp out themes okay i just want to listen it's the camp out part though up on things yeah, it is the camp out part. She doesn't like just, the camping. She said yeah. that flat out. Yes. <laughs> Anna loves it. The, she hates it. The good news is, eventually, you won't have to go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, technically, I didn't have to go this time. But we have a daughter who wandered away from kindergarten during school. So Isaac is like, I would really prefer if you are there. <laughs> like, well, I trust like these other moms. Like They know what they're doing. So, so I'm going, she, but like I could uh, have they know. theoretically just sent yeah. her mm-hmm. without me going. But, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I some... trust these other moms too. Yeah, <laughs> but given enough time, eventually, I, I'm just telling you, it will get easier. Yeah, because my wife used to have to go with the uh, with uh, the boys. Yeah, because she was a leader. Mm. Um, and man, was she very excited when <laughs> they both crossed over to Boy Scouts. And none of that garbage. Now yeah. we drop them off with their backpacks and they go play in the dirt for a day. Nice. Or a weekend. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so, so we'll see. Not looking forward to it. Leave on Friday. And it's like two and a half hours away. Like we've done in camperies before where we've actually been in like the cabin, but it's like an hour away. So this one is on. The other thing about the open-air cabins this time of year in Washington is that it is spider season. Yep. And I am so... <laughs> it, it's bad enough that these are open-air cabins. It's going to be equally bad, but there will, without a doubt, be spiders in them. <laughs> like, just... Oh, God. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's rough. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I will live, I hope, tell the tale. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, well, but, uh, if this is our last episode, we right. have enjoyed you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have very much enjoyed your company. Um, like Daenerys said to John, when, uh, when he's like, what if the dragon doesn't want me to ride him? Um, yeah. But anyhow, um, so, lots of news on the mobile front lately. Apple Arcade has launched. Google Play Pass has launched. Mario Kart Tour just launched and is apparently, I haven't downloaded it, um, but it's apparently uh, 
an old school sort of style of mobile game, or not old school, I should say typical style of mobile game, the free-to-play with the really terrible mechanics, to get you to pay money, um, which is seems to be a little weird that Nintendo is doing this now when there's so much sort of pushback. Because apparently, like, to get certain things, you have to feed coins into a pipe, and what the pipe gives you is random. Mm. Uh, so, so yeah, so that's the whole, you know, loot box argument. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, but loot box has been, I mean, the counterpoint to that is that loot boxes have been the standard on um, mobile right. for a long time. So, yeah. like, the mobile market is so used to them. Mm-hmm. That they don't get the, the the people that are recoiling at it are people who like have never downloaded a game on their phone, but yeah. are doing it because it's Mario Kart. Yeah, and then they bounce off. And the reality is, Nintendo really does not care mm-hmm. if established console players play Mario Kart. That's like not what that's for. It's yeah. meant to be a separate vertical. It's meant to grab people that don't own consoles that only game on their phones. Um, and grab them, and for them, they're they're just used to it. They're like, oh, yeah, it's one of those gotcha things. Um, it doesn't surprise me Nintendo did it because they did it with, um, they did it with Fire Emblem, and Fire Emblem makes a ton of money. It's their yeah. biggest money maker by far. Um, and it's Fire Emblem, you know, yeah. like it's like a stupid RPG thing. Um, this is Mario Kart, so it makes sense that they would use the biggest money-making model on the biggest game Nintendo makes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I totally I totally get that. Um, but it, again, It's still annoying. It's annoying, especially now with Apple Arcade and Google Play Pass, which you're getting access to. Mm-hmm. Lots and lots of games for a very low monthly subscription. I haven't subscribed mm-hmm. to Apple Arcade, but I have heard I did. fantastic things about it. How are the games on there? I mean, okay. This is, this is, here's what's really funny. Um, it's cool. I am absolutely certain that I will get $4.99 out of it. Mm -hmm. But the, the games that I really like to play on mobile, like town builders and stuff like that, where I'll like play them for a little while and shut them down. Yeah. Um, because I'm used to playing around microtransactions that don't exist in, like, they don't don't exist within the Apple Arcade ecosystem. Mm -hmm. Like, it makes the games play differently, and I haven't decided whether or not I like that. Um, With that said, um, just from the, you know, like, what I've been doing is just... Downloading games, see if I like it, delete it. Download, like I've just been like churning through a bunch. Um, like the, one of the big ticket ones was Sayonara, Sayonara Wild Hearts, um, which is essentially a rhythm game that's like pop, it's like Res with pop music. Okay. Um, and for those that don't know, Res is like a on rails, you know, it's like frequency and amplitude. Mm-hmm. Um, you're just kind of moving on the track. Uh, it's like if you were playing Guitar Hero, instead of playing a guitar, you were just driving a race car over the, the jewels, right? Sign right? our Wild Hearts, you're like a person on a skateboard, and it's like super weird. Um, and I hated it. I was like, <laughs> I want a controller. Um, like, I thought it was cool, right? But I was yeah. like, no, this is not for me. Um, 
I think it is what's the what's the game that I currently have on rotation? Uh big time sports. Okay. And it's literally about big dudes playing sports. It's like rhythm challenges. Um I have not found like I'm not finding any like game of the year contenders in here or whatever, yeah. but like I don't think I give a crap. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um the, I, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just not a priority. With that said, it is absolutely worth the value. Um, from a parent perspective, my biggest concern has always been like abusive. Like I know how to play around. I'm a skilled enough player, right? Mm-hmm. Um, even though I'm terrible at video games, but, like I'm a skilled enough player to get around microtransactions, to not let them trap me, right? To like yeah. save your virtual currency and you know, or make sure that you get good value out of it. Whereas like kids are not, so they'll like paint themselves into a corner and then be like, well, I'm stuck. I hate this. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, um, you know, like ads, right? Like mm-hmm. there's more than a, a couple of times I've downloaded a free game because I like saw an ad for it on Instagram or something. I was like, wow, this looks cool. Mm-hmm. And then I got an ad for like porn. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, if I give this to my kid, like, you know, my daughter yeah. would probably just ignore it. But like my 13 year old would definitely click that link. <laughs> <laughs> Right, because he's a thirteen-year-old boy. Like he would a hundred percent click the link, and in Apple Arcade, um, the um, you've met thirteen-year-old boys before. You yes. know they would click that. Uh, link. I'm not. You know that's why it's funny. <laughs> um, yes. So the um, but in Apple Arcade, there's no ads. Mm. So none of the games have ads or microtransactions. So it like cuts those out. And yes, there are mature games that are in there, but they're they're labeled as such. They have a family category. So I think, personally, it is worth $5 a month, especially if you are an iOS family, mm-hmm. especially since it can extend up to six different people. Oh, that's cool. Um, and so if you're an iOS family, unless you're a huge iOS family, um, you know, 5 bucks a month to know that they can click into a different app store. They don't even need to go to the regular one. Um, and just find a collection of games where you know it limits some of the bad stuff, mm-hmm. that's worth the price of admission alone, even if they only play a couple of games a month. Yeah. Um, plus, we know that Apple Arcade is going to be aggressive, right? Like, they're paying small developers are trying to go out and find these games. It's only going to... And it's Apple, yeah. right? Like, we know they have dollars to throw at things. You know what I mean? And so I think that's... It is certainly worth the price of admission now, and we know that the library of games is only going to grow, right? I mean, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it's great. Yeah. I think I think Google Play is doing the same thing. Google Play, Google Play Pass. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Also, I mean, it's it's supposed to be the same thing. Yeah. They basically they must have at some point in the past heard that Apple was doing it, and they just were like, "Well, gotta compete." Yeah, I mean, it totally makes sense because, you know, the app stores, um, well, I don't know, I don't have Android devices, so I can't say for sure about the Google Play Store, but... It's a disaster. But, yeah, they're disasters. There's no way that you can really find um, good stuff easily. Um, mm-hmm. So so this, I think this is a, a good thing for them to be doing. Yeah, it's even a bigger nightmare on Google because yeah. um, Android users as a whole, like, so Apple users struggle with premium games, right? Yeah. Like, if you make a game that's even a dollar, 
Like people are like, whoa, <laughs> a dollar is too much. Yeah. Right. Which is, I mean, we've all seen the numbers. You used to work for a mobile developer. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like a dollar is too much because mental blocks. Yeah. It's less than a freaking burrito in Connecticut, but still too much. And on Android, it's actually worse. Oh, okay. Like they, I've, re- I've listened to, you know, more than a few people who, you know, are app Android users and they lament the fact that there are games like Monument Valley that always come to Android last and are always put out for free with like weird tacked on purchases because you they just don't buy premium games. This Google Play Pass gives an opportunity for some of those premium games to come over and just be exclusive to the Google Play Pass. Yeah. The other thing that's kind of good about Google Play Pass is you can be a part of that but you don't have to be exclusive to the Android platform. Mm. So it's a little bit more freeing. Like you can be part of Google Play Pass and then on the iOS App Store or on Switch. Yeah. Whereas if you're in the Apple Arcade, with very few exceptions, um, probably Sayonara Wild Hearts and you know, with, with very few exceptions, um, you have to be exclusive to the Apple Arcade. Um and so that's you know, I mean that's a little different. Um, you know, we're going to, I'm going to keep an eye on it because my son does use an Android. Mm. Um, and it might be worth five bucks a month just for him. Yeah. Because then I know he's not playing complete garbage, but you never know. Because it's, again, they've got the same thing. No ads, no in-app purchases. Um, the weird thing about the Google one is that it includes apps. Okay. Like there's a weather app in there. Oh, okay. So it's not just games. That's why it's the Google Play Pass. So... Um, I think that could actually quietly build up a lot of value mm. where it's, you know, access to some, uh, you know, some like, apps that, that are not game-based that might be useful. I don't know. Yeah. But I'm down. Mario Kart Tour is good, by the way. I played it. Oh. It's Mario Kart. Okay. I was it's reading Mario some Kart. stuff online that people were saying that it wasn't great. <laughs> I mean, all right. I know. The, expectations. You know. It's it's a mo- it's a Mario Kart game you can play <coughs> with one hand while you're eating a sandwich. <laughs> like, um, if you want, like, I what I don't understand because like, if you're like Game Informer or IGN, right? Like, you can't take price into consideration, right? Yeah, you can't because sixty dollars to me might be different than sixty dollars to you, might be different than sixty dollars to some. 10-year-old kid in Idaho, right? Like, that's just the truth. Yeah. Um, But, like, we're not IGN, right? Like, we're not... Like, the individual... Most people don't have to think that way. Yeah. Like, it's a free freaking Mario Kart. Like, even if you play it for two hours, it is a Mario Kart that is slightly substandard, I guess. <laughs> but but it's it costs you zero dollars. Like, you pay more to use a claw machine at the laundromat. And Don't ever use those claw machines, man. They're rigged um, against you. I know this. <laughs> I know this. Isaac has to tell Anna every time we go somewhere. She's like, oh, can we do that? And he's like, no. They're okay. rigged. <laughs> okay. There's a, we, my, um, <sighs> my wife's stepbrother actually owns a claw machine or owned. Oh. And so he had one where they act, because you can actually go in and set. How many? Like how um, often? Like 
like how often mm-hmm. the Pays tensile out. strength is enough to like pick something up. Yeah. And they set it up so that it was a hundred percent. Oh. Well, but they left it in their basement. Right. So like so we would go and they and they just left quarters, like the same three or four quarters on there, and they would let like my kids grab stuff. Yeah. So we had an extra special challenging time because like they They're had, like, Oh look, I it think, works at this place. Yeah. <laughs> but there is a cost benefit analysis because you know that if the cost is relatively low and there's something in there that they absolutely want, that you can actually get it. You just have to do it like five times. Yeah. But you're right, it's terrible. <laughs> we don't, we, there's only once where I've been like, all right, that thing's pretty rad, let's do it. Uh huh. Did you end up getting the thing? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> it took like six tries, but like, you know. All you right. just gotta, I mean, you know, but. Anyway, Mario Kart, free Mario Kart is always good. Okay. I believe, firmly. Okay. Um, uh, so, other stuff that happened recently, Sony had their uh, annual State of Play event where a few things uh, were announced. Most significantly, The Last of Us 2 has a release date, which is February 21st of yep. 2020. Um... That game looks really pretty, by the way. They had a cinematic trailer that came out with it. Yeah. Um, that included, like, gameplay, like, in-engine stuff. Uh-huh. And it blew my head. Like, wow. I was dying. Like, I mean, when I played the first one, it was like the end. The, the first one was the end of the PS3, right? Yeah. And I was like, how did this game happen? Like, how how was this a thing? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I know Naughty Dog owned by PlayStation. Like they, It's not like they didn't have the inside gig on the hardware, but still, it felt like wizardry to me. And now I'm looking at this one, and I'm like, this looks like magic. Okay. Like, I I don't know how they did it. Like, if you look up the State of Play Last of Us trailer, you know, not while you're driving, go home, uh, look <laughs> it up. Um, it looks absolutely astonishing, and everything that I've read about it, um, the... By the time you're listening to this, the embargo for previews, because there was a press event this week also, the embargo for previews will be up. Um, and from what it sounds like, the scuttlebutt is that it looks better than even the trailer showed us, like the game in motion. This is going to be good. Did you? I can't remember. You never played The Last of Us because it made you sick, right? No, it's just... Um... Or did it come out when you had a kid? It came out. It came, out, it, it came out at a weird time, and it was sort of like everybody's saying this game is great, and I was like, "Yeah, I gotta play it, and I gotta play it, and it just just didn't well, happen." Yeah. If I if I can give you some advice, <laughs> it is coming to PlayStation Plus. Okay. The Last of Us Remastered is going to be on PlayStation Plus in October. Okay. So if you have PlayStation Plus, it costs you nothing. Yeah. No, we don't do PlayStation Plus. We don't play on the. I'm, I don't know. There's just not a lot okay. that I would play on the PS4. If we were going to get well, a game, we'd get it for Xbox. Obviously. Okay. Obviously. So I would well, only use the PS4 for exclusives. Um, well, which Last of Us fact, is. Yeah. Last of Us is exclusive. Also, it's less than $20 at on the Amazon. Okay. So, Also, by the way, speaking of Amazon, did you know there's a Chrome extension that plays the Wii Shop music? Or not the, 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 the Wii Channel music while you're browsing Amazon? There's a Chrome extension for that. Okay. I'm so excited about that. The Wii Channel music. You guys know the Wii Channel yeah. music? Yes. Uh, yeah. Da, 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 da. Yeah. I mean, I I downloaded that 
so fast. I'm surprised that I didn't put a shockwave like damage into my keyboard. Um, so anyway, that's The Last of Us. I'm very excited. Can you tell the energy drinks are kicking? Yes. Right, yeah. Um, so uh, other stuff that came out of that is there's this new initiative called Playing for the Planet, um, which I looked up, and Sony's not the only one who signed up to participate in this program. Microsoft is. A bunch of people are. But I was like, well, it's nice for them to sort of say they're doing this, but what the hell are they actually <laughs> doing? Um, and it's supposed to be like, you know, to help combat um, climate change. And it's it's basically they are promising to consume less power with the upcoming mm-hmm. things and special games that are focused on like wildlife and, you know, uh, upping your empathy with the environment. Uh, I don't know. It seems kind of uh, I, very PR ish. Well, it's definitely PR ish, <laughs> but but you know, lots of money gets sent to charity because companies yeah. want good PR. Um, I would say the one thing that because I was thinking about this, that is video game consoles are a huge draw on power. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that was in one of the press releases talking about how um, like uh, if a million people. Of which there are all there are over a hundred million PS4s. Right. If a if a million people turned on their power save settings that already exist, let alone improved ones, mm-hmm. it would be enough to offset the power use of a thousand homes. Wow. Yeah. So, um, and one thing that I was thinking about is we're about to change generations. Yeah. Right. Which means a lot of people are going to have PS4s hooked up and on mm-hmm. in their idle mode um, while they don't use them. Yeah. Um, and I started to think about how fast, like, you know, I looked at my entertainment center and really thought about, like, for a couple of years, I had a PS3 that was 100% plugged in mm-hmm. that I never used. Well, um, you know, there was this cool thing that was going on yeah. with the PS3 where if you did leave it on. God, I don't remember exactly what it is. It would sort of uh, sort of crowdsource your computer power oh, yeah. or something else. Uh, it was some type of like really cool initiative thing, but I don't remember. It was for what like it was. it was for like folding I mean there was there's been a couple of things, but yeah. a lot of it was like doing complex calculations. Yeah. That would be awesome and I would totally do that. However, you know, that was that ended up getting, you know, couple hundred thousand people like willing to donate that because it did end up being like donating money that came on your power bill yeah but and and i would have done it absolutely um and if somebody kicks off that initiative i'll 100 download that program but i just think about like there's going to be a hundred million and sure some people trade them in some people might put them away but like i bet you like half of those for a couple of years are just going to sit plugged in on a different shelf yeah. um so have taking some initiatives to reduce the power footprint of the PS4. Um, I think that's worth it. I mean, it's worth a shot. I mean, yeah. there's not much that Sony and Microsoft can really do, yeah. right? Like they can't go back to nature. Like their consoles <laughs> consume power, but you know, kind of finding a way to maintain the convenience because. That's what's drawing the power is the convenience of being able to leave consoles on forever. Yeah. Limiting some of that. 
don't know, kind of neat. But you're right, super PR, squishy, crunchy granola stuff. You know, just some executives, <laughs> you know, trying to look good. Yeah. You know, wearing their hemp jackets and like, you know, like really chilling. But you know, sometimes actual good comes of that. Sometimes. Yeah. Or it could be bullshit. You know, in the video that they had, they were showing a lot of clips from um, Never Alone, uh, which was a really cool game that came out a few years ago. It was out when I was at Pixican. Um, it was done in um, uh, in concert with one of the like native tribes in Alaska, um, and it was it was a cool game. You were playing this little girl um, whose spirit animal was a little white fox. And you're sort of like going through like a blizzard and things like that. And it was co-op. Like one person could play the fox, the other person could play the girl. Um, it was a cute little game. Um, but like they were showing that like crazy amounts of that game <laughs> in this video. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's cool. We're going to get more games like that. Um, <laughs> that was a neat game. So, but you know, how many people actually played it? I don't know. Probably not as many as should have. It was yeah, really cute. It was. Um, and yeah. served a lot of good purposes. Um, so, yeah. No, I agree with you. That yeah. game was great. I remember um, did, Pixelkin did a ton of coverage on that game when it came out. Didn't Simone, like, do something crazy, like, interview the director or whatever? Like, I remember Maybe. there being... I seem to recall there being a lot of stuff about it, like, when it came out. Yeah, we did lots of articles about it, and I reviewed it. Um, so, because, you know, Pixelkin is very much about promoting all the games for good stuff. Um, hippie so crap. What else? They, were, they right. were all about the hippie crap, Regina. <laughs> yes, I remember. <laughs> good with that, um, though. I say that with love. Uh, right. I say that with of love. Course. Yes. Um, so, you wanted to talk about Wadham. Yo. All right, let's talk about Wadham. Okay, so this is by the same people that made... Uh, Katamari. <laughs> um, Katamari Damacy... And I want—I almost got it confused with Humanity, which opened the show, which was made by the people that made Res and Tetris Effect. But no, Tam was the guys that made Katamari Damacy. Um, and yo, as a result, it's weird as hell. So here's the game. The game is everybody's friends, but they don't know who their friends are. So you're, you walk around as like this weird little guy, and you got to help people find their friends. So like this guy that's like shaped like a nose. There's another person that's shaped like a flower, and you got to bring the nose to the flower so we can spell the flower, and then they're friends, right? Okay. That makes sense. That, that's the kind of puzzle we're talking about. Now, it, uh, I watched the video, and I could not understand what was going on. So you're, they're friends. So okay. you're basically walking around finding match sets, and like you have to figure out how to get them to interact. And you know, you hold hands, and you do stupid stuff. This just looks really dumb, and I'm definitely going to stream it with my kids while I figure it out, largely because <laughs> one of the matched pairs is there's a toilet, and there's a poop, and you got to get the poop on top of the toilet, and that's so funny to me, largely because it's almost 1 o'clock in the morning East Coast, and I'm kind of stupid, but it was hilarious to me when I, I was watching the state of play with my boys, and all of a sudden Jake goes, Dad, was that like... Was that like a poop? <laughs> was that was that a poop walking around? <laughs> By the way, that right there, um, episode title. Was that a poop walking around? Um, <laughs> you might not want to do that. Um, you can blame it on me. But it was so stupid and 
I actually think that some of the puzzles will be kind of difficult, like sorting out which pairs need to get matched together. Like, I can mm-hmm. see why, where it might be challenging, but it's coming out um, in just a couple months, December 2020. We don't have an official date yet, but there's only 31 days, so it's got to be one of them. <laughs> and nobody releases a day, nobody releases games on Christmas, so yeah, 30 days. Yeah. One of those. Yeah. I'm very excited about Wattam. W-A-T-T-A-M. Oh, is that how you um, say it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it could be Wattam or Wattam. I don't know. It's stupid. <laughs> how do you say? I mean, it, it's just really dumb. But I can't wait. I super can't wait. Um, also, the two of you need to look up the trailer for Alive, uh, or Arise, A Simple Story. Okay. Um, which looks more or less like a Santa Claus simulator. Because you look like an old dude looks like Santa. <laughs> trying to... It's basically like Journey, if Journey had Santa in it. Okay. I'm not even joking. Watch the trailer and think <laughs> about it. You'll, you'll get there. I'm playing the hell out of that game. It's coming out at some point. <laughs> okay. Um, so let's see. What else? Um, Project X Cloud um, is going to have um, a public preview test at some point next month. Uh, you have to register in order to participate in this, but um, they announced some of the games that are going to be available for the preview. Halo 5, Gears 5, Killer Instinct, and Sea of Thieves. So these are games you're going to be able to theoretically play on your phone and your tablet. So it'll be interesting to me to see how that uh, how that all goes. Um so, I, speaking of this topic, yeah. I was thinking about it when Halo Five came up. Do you have like a Pavlovian response? I guess not. I thought you had like a. a pa- I was wondering if you had like a Pavlovian response to like seeing Halo or hearing Halo, where you just like without without a thought just say, "Oh, and by first take a full disclosure, my husband works at Three Four Three Studios." I guess not because you didn't. No, um, I, used I just to. didn't know. I I used to do it all the time, but you know, Did you do I it mean, at home, like alone in the. Privacy yeah. of your own home. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see what else. Anyway, so, I'm just uh, being silly. Uh, yeah. Um, so there is a, uh, a KFC dating simulator, which has yep. been getting a lot of press. Uh, it's obviously just a big marketing thing, but apparently you're trying to romance Colonel Sanders. Um, mm-hmm. I. I don't even know what to say. No. I have something to say about that. um, That would be no. (laughs) The first thing is that it's free. Which is good. The second thing that it's on PC. Um and the memes are worth it. Right. Like just the memes. And the the thing with him is the only way to romance him is with your cooking skills. Like there's no like other stuff. Like you're in a cooking show. You're in a cooking college where the professor is a dog, by the way. Right, according. Um, like, yeah, just to point out like how absurd this is, and also he's like, D- Colonel Sanders is like definitely, definitely anime. Like, this is an right. anime Colonel Sanders. Um, this is just meant to. I mean, because it's a free game, um, it's not like they had to like give out codes to anybody. This is one of those things where. So many KFC ads just played today, right? Like, all over Twitch, all over DLive and Mixer and whatever. Because it's not like it's an inappropriate game. Like, it's because the romancing is to, like, 
you're romancing him, but you're trying to get him to pick you as a partner to open a restaurant. So, like, it's not... It's not like, sexual. One of those... Right. You know... Um, Romances. Like, dating sim. So, sure. Yeah. It's stupid. But it's free. So, if you want us to play something really absurd, it's not going to be your game of the year. Do you earn coupons? Uh, I... D- I don't know. Maybe. That would be awesome. Okay, well, that would be cool. I'm telling you. <laughs> that would actually be awesome. Yeah. Um, I would play it if I got credit. Right? But, but I feel like that would have actually like made it... Because I think if it had a function, it would defeat the purpose. You know what I mean? It would like, just be an ad game. Yeah. Yeah, this is just meant to be stupid. Right. Yeah. Um, and get attention. The real question, I think, we're all now that there are slowly becoming enough games um, about food mascots, right? That like we can, you know, BuzzFeed can do a listicle of them, you know, between like (laughs) Sneak King, and there was a a McDonald's platformer on NES, I think, and now this one, Cool Spot. There was a Yo Noid game back in the day. If you remember the Noid, yes, I remember the Noid. Sneak King was actually. A pretty funny game. Yeah, Sneak King was actually good. Yeah, Sneak King was actually good, quietly. Um, Probably the best $3 Xbox 360 game of all time. (laughs) And if you have a copy of that in a box unopened, don't open it. (laughs) Right. Don't open it. We have it, but it's been opened because we... Because you played it. Yeah. Because you're a reasonable human being. I'm just talking if you happen to be one of those people that, like, didn't open it. Yeah. Just don't. Just don't. You're good. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. um, Plants vs. Zombies Battle for Neighborville is out. This game uh, is very much incomplete and buggy. The um, split screen is is really buggy because you know we've been doing that a lot. Um, but it's cool. It's still cool. I'm loving it. Have you guys been playing it at all? Um, I have not. I didn't know it was out. It came out of freaking nowhere. I mean, it did. Yeah. Yeah, they like teased it a little bit, but yeah, because there was uh, like a public or not public because you could sign up for. I think it was an alpha. Like a couple months ago, and then boom, it's out. Like, yeah, I didn't and then yeah, it was coming out either. I wasn't um, I wasn't ready for it to be so soon since it had just been like, oh, we're doing another one, and you know, yeah, six weeks ago. Yeah, but it's it's, it's very cool. There's um, they have actually um, they have characters of the plants that take you through a tutorial. So there's a sunflower called Major Sweetie. Um, <laughs> who is really funny, and they've taken sort of like it's simlish that they've put into Plants vs Zombies. So you imagine like high pitched, like cute simlish type language that this major sweetie has, and it's so hilarious because she does things like she talks about how she loves stuffies and they're so cute and they're so cuddly, and they make the cutest noise when they explode. <laughs> she says like crazy <laughs> stuff like that. It is amazing. Um, but we completed, because um, it's sort of like a campaign. It's not really involved. It's not very long. 
But we completed that, and then they're like, oh, you know, go see Major Sweetie, and, you know, she'll talk to you some more. And I'm like, oh, great, there's going to be more quests. And, but no, she just sort of says, you're awesome, in, like, ten different ways. Um, but uh, Isaac was like, well, you know, they're probably going to add in the quest. Because the game is very much incomplete. It's very obvious that there are things that are planned for post-launch. Um, because you've got sort of the downtown area for plants but you don't have one of them for zombies um and there is there's straight up like an area that it says it's just not in the game yet so um the new characters are really cool i really like the little um there's a little mushroom called the nightcap um so so what you say would you say that we have to give it time to grow yeah uh it's not fun yeah, it's still fun. Um, uh, but yeah, so so there's this new, one of the new characters is a little mushroom called Nightcap, like a little ninja type thing, and I love that character. But And I don't play, um, you know, the PvP crazy like team banker stuff, the only multiplayer I'll do is cooperative. But apparently this character is super OP. Um, yeah. and I really love playing as her, so Isaac's like level her all the way up before they nerf her. <laughs> yep. Okay. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I have heard no- all, like, literally all of everything I have heard about this game is how Nightcap is, is OP. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I find that super hilarious. Um, the o- really the only reason we haven't played this game is just because there has been no time. And um, the kids are saving their pennies for, uh, and so am I for let the new Legend of Zelda, right? Like, it really was just, but the reality is right now you can get in to the pre-access for $30, like a founder pack. Yeah. Or sometime in October, it releases officially for $40. So this is going to be a budget title no matter what. Yeah. Um. We're probably just going to end up buying the, the, the $40 version and, you know, we'll spend the extra $10 just to get it on time. Um, or maybe we'll wait until like the last possible day or whatever. But, um, this is, you, I mean, I was sold already, but the fact that you're enjoying it. Yeah. I mean, that's enough for me. Like, but the biggest surprise for me is that this doesn't make you sick. This is a shooter. <laughs> like, you struggle with like Tomb Raider yeah. without, like, and you don't know what it is. I have no idea why it is. Maybe it's the cartoony graphics. I mean, I I don't know. I really yeah. don't know. It's weird. It's really weird. Hey, whatever. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I love it. It's great to play with Anna. Like I said, the split screen is a little frame rate suffers a lot. And we even tried, um, like, turning down the resolution yeah. to, get it to play better. But it didn't. it didn't really. But, you know, hopefully... Things will get ironed out. I still am having a ton of fun with it. So, um, Great. Well, I'm super yeah. happy for you. I'll report back once we uh, play it and let you know. But yeah, you definitely I'm sure to. my kids are going to love it. Yeah, it, it's super fun. And like I said, the sort of the whole characters that they've added in, um, the NPCs, are just hilarious. I love Major C. She's amazing. <laughs> she's, like, she's a sunflower. She has like a commando cap on her and I think she has an eye patch too. I know you should look it up and you know just to see some of the things that she says. It's freaking hilarious. Um, okay, so I 
think that's it for games. Is there anything else? Uh, no, not really. Okay. All right. Cool. Oh, did, did we talk? We didn't. You know what? One last thing. Nintendo finally officially announced what that stupid Pilates ring was for. Oh, okay. Did you hear about this no, thing? No, I didn't. I completely forgot about it. <sighs> okay, let's take a walk, folks. <laughs> um, and, and I mean that quite literally because it is an exercise-based RPG called okay. Ring Fit Adventure. Basically, you strap one Joy-Con into the Pilates ring and one into a leg strap and so you basically play through a role-playing game um, where you have to fight a dragon who, to my understanding, is named, like, Bro. Um, he represents, like, toxic fitness culture. Okay. He's, like, a bodybuilder dragon, and you have to, like, defeat him. Um, and the way you move in the game is by moving the ring to point what direction you're going, and then you jog in place. Okay. Um, and... The uh, when you and then there's turn-based combat where in order to do the moves you have to do fitness moves with the Pilates ring. So maybe you'll have to push in or pull out or do a squat. And depending on how well you execute that move, uh, the move may uh, become more powerful. Okay. And you know if you do it really well and hold like if you hold your squat really perfectly, you might do like extra damage to like all the enemies. And the enemies are have different weaknesses, so you're, it's going to give you like a varied workout. Um, I am actually very interested to see how this works. Um, comes out uh, in just a couple of weeks, less than oh, okay. like October 18th or something. Uh, Eighty dollars for the game plus the gear. Mm -hmm. um, we are very excited, and I cannot wait to post lots of stupid videos <laughs> of me, my wife, and my children messing around with this. Um, listen, we've, you know, a lot of people were complaining, like, why would Nintendo do this? And my answer is, Wii Fit was one of the best-selling video games of all time, yep. and it came with a hundred-something dollar peripheral that ran on batteries. Yep. Um, this is a fitness game coming to a Nintendo platform that is also very popular, and its peripherals are more easily replaced and don't require batteries because they cost $20. So, um, the, obviously, they're putting they're putting less risk out there, obviously, because they don't have to make the Wii Balance board. Yeah. This is going to be ridiculous. <laughs> um, and it's going to sell so many, right? It's coming out in October. A fitness video game for the Switch. Everybody knows about Nintendo fitness games. Yeah. It's only $80 compared to however much Wii Fit was. This is a slam dunk, no matter how you shake it. That's it. Movies and TV. So, trailer for Frozen 2 was released. And Yo. I had absolutely no interest in Frozen 2, but this trailer, it looks pretty cool. It's like... Uh, I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's the Phoenix. It's the Dark Phoenix saga, but she's. But it's Elsa. Yeah. I mean, you know. Um, can I just say, like, Regina, have you seen the trailer? I haven't actually, but I was already okay. in on Frozen Two from the first trailer. So. So. Okay. Well, the the, the comment that I'm making was visible in the first mm -hmm. one. Like, uh, okay. 
Frozen 1 was astonishingly beautiful, right? Like, they took it to another level with, like, the animation and the backgrounds. Like, Mm -hmm. I think the background work was really, like, just something else. And I know Frozen 2 was, or Frozen 1 was a while ago, but, like, this really, this movie doesn't look like it should have happened. Because it just looks so good. The water, when Elsa's, like, running up on the water, throwing ice down, I'm like, I love that I mean, sequence. She, like, my goodness. And in in this trailer, she fights, like, an underwater horse thing. And she does some Kingdom Hearts shenanigans, making, like, a big snowflake underneath it. I'm like, that's... You, you, I mean, it is so good. I, I, I was already all in, embarrassingly all in, being that I'm a grown man. Um, <laughs> but now I can't wait. I mean, they basically make it, made it a superhero movie, which, by the way... Um, I predicted that the next one was going to be a superhero style movie because she's a wizard. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. can't wait. Can't wait. Looks great. Yeah. So that's coming out. So what uh, caught you though? That's my question, Nicole. What caught you? I don't know. It just seems like so not Disney princess. <laughs> <laughs> it just, you know, even though the first one was about like, you know, sisterly love or whatever. Right. But still, <laughs> romance was still a huge part of it. And so it was very much Disney princess This just seems like completely different. Just straight up adventure without, I mean, hopefully, I guess we'll see, um, a lot of romantic elements. Kind of like, you know, Moana I really liked a lot because there was no sort of romance stuff going on in there. Um, so, and I think that makes for a more interesting story. But that's just me. That's fair. Yeah. I don't think it's just you. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't, I definitely don't think that make that, that is a only you sentiment. I, I don't disagree with it either. I, and I agree with you. This feels like an adventure story. Yeah. Like they're going to a place rather than having stuff happen to them yeah. and like dealing with it. Um, and they're being proactive and some of the stuff that, Anna says to Elsa, like, it feels like their relationship is continuing to grow Mm -hmm. through this. And the whole, like, you can't, like, the whole, you know, in the scene, you know, one of the scenes, she's like, stop following me into fire. And Anna's like, well, stop, don't run into fire. Yeah. Like, that scene hit me just because it's like, you know, just leave alone the fact that they're literally talking about fire. Like, you know, that's an important thing. It's like, well, stop running away and, like, getting yourself in trouble. Yeah. Because I'm going to follow you there. If you really don't want me to follow you, then maybe, like, knock that crap off. <laughs> right. Um, I, that spoke to me. Um, and, man, you know, Olaf's back. And I love that stupid guy. <laughs> he's awesome. You know? Chris Gad is just such a... I mean, he's so funny. Um, it doesn't appear like he's going to break out into anything else. But whatever. Just play Olaf forever. And <laughs> I, I really don't care. <laughs> you know, yeah. Just be Olaf forever. Be be that guy. I really could care less. Yeah. Just you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I mean, Anna wants to see it. I'm interested now. It's gonna be in the Dolby Cinema, so that's another selling point. Um, I'll probably be able to buy tickets in advance. I would assume. Um, so yeah, so that's oh, yeah. coming out very soon. Um, it's the week of Thanksgiving, I believe, is when it's coming out. Um, and so let's see here. There was a story today that Keanu Reeves has read the script with Matrix 4. 
and likes it. He says it's very ambitious. Although, yeah, I don't know if that definitely means that he likes it, or... I don't know. I think saying something I mean, ambitious is a little vague. It could be good or bad, <laughs> you know? So, I don't know. I, I still don't know how they're going to do it. Yeah. Um, I really just have no idea how they're going to do it. Yeah. Like, it doesn't make sense, but <laughs> whatever. Sure. There's one article that I read, I forget where it is now, but it used the, this word that I hadn't heard. It's the Keanu sans. <laughs> like the Renaissance. The Keanu sans. I'm like, yeah. that is brilliant. I have never heard Yo. that <laughs> We're definitely living in the Yes, we right? really are. <laughs> um, so let's see, what else? So Jurassic World 3, Jurassic Park spinoffs are still... Um, happening, but this one is going to have Jeff Goldblum and Laura Dern and what's his name? Sam Sam Neil. Sam Neil. Yeah. Sam Neil. They're going to be in it, so yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah. So I um, mean, especially since like that, they're way older now. So I don't know. I just wonder how they're going to work the timeline there. Um, because you know, there's been so much that. Sort of, they could. They'll know. be fine. Yeah, it's interesting. They'll be fine. I typically have Jeff not. Goldblum is timeless. Oh <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's interesting. Um, the Shining is going to be back in theaters for a couple days um, in celebration, leading up into Doctor Sleep, which is the new uh, sequel to The Shining. Um, it's only going to be two days. Um, it's going to be in 4K. Unfortunately, once this is up, one of those days will have passed. So, if you're listening to this, October 1st is the day that you can go see The Shining in 4K in theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, the other day, this was happening tomorrow, September 26th. So, um, but more uh, Stephen King news. I was like surfing around on the web for, I don't know, I was just looking at stupid stuff. And uh, uh, Stephen King was on the Colbert uh, show a week ago, um, you know, to promote his new book. But, you know, obviously they were talking about it and the upcoming, you know, adaptation of The Stand and all this kind of stuff. And so um, Colbert was, like, asking him, like, he's like, oh, I heard you have something going on with J.J. Abrams. Um, and Stephen King's like, like yeah, we're going to work on this. Uh, I wrote this book called Lisey's Story. Now, Lisey's Story... <laughs> It's my favorite Stephen King book, and not only that, it's one of my favorite books. I literally jumped out of my chair. <laughs> literally jumped out of my chair when I heard him say that, <laughs> because I wasn't expecting that. Like, you hear J.J. Abrams, you think more action type thing, and this, this isn't an action-y story. It's actually, it's a really interesting book from a Stephen King sort of perspective. I mean, there are scary things in it, but the the story is basically about um, a woman whose husband was a famous writer um, and he has died. And so it's her sort of like, you know, dealing with the, you know, the, what life is like after he's gone, Um, which I think is really interesting. It's, you know, it's a lot deeper than some of uh, Stephen King's other stuff. Um, So, uh, so yeah. So I'm super excited about that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, let's see, what else movie TV? Game of Thrones took uh, the Emmy for Best Drama. 
Yeah. No surprise, really. Peter Dinklage won again. None of the other actors won. I kind of figured that was going to be the case because so many of them were nominated mm-hmm. against each other right, in yeah. most cases. So, um, but still, uh, you know, everybody basically was there. The whole cast was there. George R. R. Martin was there. Um, it was kind of funny in their uh, acceptance speech. Um, David and Dan, like, you know, oh, this all started in like the mind of George R. R. Martin. And they were like, where's George? Where's George? He was like on the stage, like sort of behind people. <laughs> and by the time he came forward, they were talking about somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> oops. Oh man. Yeah. Oops. oops. Um, so, uh, so I think we talked about this last time. But there's another prequel, or at least getting close to another prequel. I don't think we talked about this. I know I talked about it on Geeky Thrones Girl. Um, but they're talking about there's yeah. going to be a prequel with the Targaryen history, mm-hmm. which is super cool because that means dragons. <laughs> right, of course. And there's not going to be any dragons in the uh, the one that's uh, already in development. Right. So, um, so yeah. So uh, that's all I have for movies and TV. Did you guys have anything? Yeah, I mean, okay, good. we should we we would be remiss if we didn't talk about how NBC is going to have its own streaming service. Oh, I didn't even hear that. Um, it, first off, um, it makes sense. NBC has a lot of properties yeah. that are big. Um, you know, just the must-see TV lineup over the last handful of years would um get be enough to fulfill it. But um, the problem I have with it is that it's going to be called Peacock, which is, um, man, is that just a really stupid name? Um, but whatever. So it's going to be called Peacock. And, um, well, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. But... Um, doesn't it, it was, was friends on NBC? Yes. Yes. So that explains why Netflix had to spend as much money as they did to get the friends. Uh, license. license, yeah. Because um, I wondered why it was like I know Friends is like a big deal, but like, is it that big of a deal? Um, it's a huge deal to some people. One of my friends here is so, so obsessed with that show. Oh my god! Like she just had a birthday, and someone bought her. Oh, it's a Cards Against Humanity expansion. I think it might be. There was a Friends one, and so. Oh yeah, they're definitely. Yeah. yeah so, Did they buy her the Lego set? No, it was just the card. <laughs> there's a Friends Lego set. Wow. Um, of the central perk. Um, <laughs> which is kind of funny. I mean, I, I'm not anti-Friends. I think the show was fine. Yeah. I mean, I think that some of the stuff was problematic, but that's mainly because it was in the 90s. Well, yeah, that era was, yeah. Um, so, like, we kind of give... We kind of had to give them a break, at least slightly. Mm-hmm. Um, and They're not as woke so, as we are now. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, shoot, it would have been a very different show if it was produced now, and yeah. I don't know if it would have worked. Yeah. Um, but so, um, the, uh, so that it, it just surprises me that that show was worth as much money as it was, but now it makes sense considering NBC was kind of competing with itself to decide whether they were going to maintain friends exclusively on the Peacock network. There's a group of people who would have subscribed just to have friends forever. Yeah. Could you imagine the number of people who've been like, oh, friends, the office and park Rick, parks yeah. and rec forever yeah that's worth five dollars a month or whatever but now they lost friends 
But that's really just until that particular contract runs out. Yeah. And then it'll be a big... But um, the big thing is they're obviously going to have original programming, and one of the programs that they have announced is going to be a, a new Saved by the Bell. Oh, now, yeah, I did see that. <laughs> the thing about this new Saved by the Bell, the premise is that Zach Morris, who, by the way, is trash, but again... <laughs> Have you guys, you've seen the YouTube channel, the YouTube show, Zach Morris' Garbage? No. Basically, they go through old episodes and play clips of the episodes, and they illustrate how horrible Zach Morris was. Like, he was this manipulative monster to all of his friends. Like, it was a lot bad. But again... It was from the early 90s. We kind of got to give them a little bit of a break. They didn't realize what they were doing. Um, But in this series, Zach Morris is the governor of California. (laughs) Okay. All right. And so he makes some changes to... um, Basically, he institutes busing. So, like, inner city kids get sent to suburban high schools. And including Bayside High, which was obviously Yuppie Central. Yeah. Um, and so, like, urban kids are going to be going to Bayside for the first time ever, and the original cast is now older and has kids who attend Bayside, and they have to deal with the fact that Zach basically, like, is bussing urban kids into their school. So, um, it has the potential to be both, actually, all three, <laughs> somewhat interesting with the social commentary and stuff really cringy and terrible maybe all at once because like that's time. one of those things that if you make the jokes bad and don't do it right then it's just kind of terrible yeah so but it could be all three of those things all at once i'm a little terrified but at the same time um i would 100% watch a sitcom that has um, like freaking Mario Lopez and Tiffany Thyssen, um, like in it, and they're you know supposed kids. Sounds great. I don't know. I, when you're describing it, I'm like, how is that funny? Like, I don't know. It, it sounds. Bad. Yeah, it sounds bad. It sounds actually. terrible. Well, I mean, not bad, but but it's. I I am amused at the fact that somehow Zach Morris got to be governor of California. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And I want to see... I'm more interested in how they do it than I am in the actual show. You know what I mean? This is one of the things where I'm, like, interested in the setup. And if it's, like, a six-episode series, I might, like, just kind of check it out. Uh Uh-huh. But, you know, this feels like a stunt more than an actual attempt to make good programming. Like, oh, check out the Peacock. We have a new Saved by the Bell. And if that's what they're doing, as long as it's short, I'm fine. Yeah. Really, people are going to be buying this so they can watch The Office over and over and over and over and over and over and over, which yeah. I don't understand. Yeah, because that show freaks me out. <laughs> what? But like the British, because I have trouble with better. cringy comedy. Oh yeah, yeah, they're both super cringy, and they it's like the Steve Urkel That's effect. The point. Like I can't. Oh, I know, <laughs> and I'm happy for all you people that like it, um, but it freaks me out. So get down with your bad self. I can't watch it. <laughs> I can't do it. Oh man. Um yeah, I'm like 
10 years late to the party, or more than 10 years. I don't even know when it started, but I just started watching Orange is New Black because it, like, popped up on my Netflix home screen yeah. for some reason, and I totally forgot that it had existed. Um, and so I started watching it. Um, it's okay. Like, I understand why it was so sort of shocking and, you know, super interesting at the time that it started. But mm-hmm. now it's just kind of like, Nah. Well, no. it was also one of the first exclusive Netflix series that there yeah. were, so it kind of set the tone for a lot of what came after it. I haven't finished it. I watched it when it first came out. I watched the first, I don't know how many series. I know it ended this, whatever the most recent season was, was the last. There's season seven. Seven, I yeah. I saw when I was loading it up on Netflix. Because so, I wanted to make sure if I was going to watch it, I'm going to start it from the beginning. Right. So I had to double check which season right. it was on. Right. I'm trying to, I can't remember how many I watched. I think I watched five. I haven't watched the most recent two. And yeah, I just didn't have a, a drive to go back to it, I guess. And you know me, yeah. I'm addicted to the story. So yeah, it's a lot if I don't go back for a cliffhanger. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and they're all cliffhangers. Yeah. They all end, all the seasons end in cliffhangers. Oh, I do have a... I'm... Go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, I was just going to say, um, I wanted to share a story with you specifically. So, you know, I'm teaching women's studies, right, uh-huh. this semester. And so I told my students that um, I thought um, Handmaid's Tale was one of the most feminist TV shows out there. Mm-hmm. But I said, I know that binge watching is a thing. Whatever you do, don't binge watch Handmaid's Tale. Because it won't be good for your mindset. Like, your frame of mind will be affected by this. And so, about a week, a week and a half goes by, and I mention it in passing, and two students shoot their hands up immediately, and I'm like... So I call on one of them who doesn't talk very... She's like, I just wanted to let you know that I didn't listen to you. And I started watching Handmaid's Tale, and I binged the whole thing. All th- I'm like, all three seasons? She's like, yeah. And she's like, you know, my dreams have been really weird. Re- <laughs> He's standing in my classroom, and I'm like, first of all, I'm going to wag the mom finger at you and say, I told you so. For real. Second of all, you can't watch a show that's about a dystopian future that's a little too close to home right now be in this class where we are literally, like, unpacking all of the stuff that builds that show and then have the visuals of that show and not think it's not going to drive your brain absolutely crazy. Really? And then two other students volunteered that they had done the same thing. And I was like, I can't believe you just don't listen to me. I did the first two seasons. I just, I just, I just couldn't stop. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure that that's part of it, but oh, like, I remember when the first three episodes came out and we watched them all the first night, and I was like, that was a really bad idea. And then we watched it as it aired, and then you're only watching one a week, and I'm like, this is better. This is better for <laughs> you. But nobody listened. It's fine. it's fine. Books and comics. <laughs> I finished the Testaments, as you know, yes. we all thought that I probably would. Uh, very happy with 
it. Um, yeah. The ending was very was very cool. Like I said, I was surprised at the characters right. that were in it. Um, Regina, are you still? Okay, you can tell me, me who's in it. <laughs> it's written first person from Agnes, aka Hannah, oh. uh, Baby Nicole, oh. and Aunt Lydia. <gasps> <laughs> what? Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. So, okay. um, but like it's 15 years right you know, into down the, the road. Future. Yeah. So, you know, June is referred to. Right. Um, but there's nothing actually right. from her. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was, oh, it was really, really, yeah. really good. Um, because like, um, baby Nicole, like, she's been raised so that she doesn't know who she is. Mm. Um, and like, if that's been like, Gilead is like studied in school. <laughs> right. Like, as, so, like yeah, what not like, to I do. I did a report. I did a report on her. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Interesting. So, so it was, it was really, it was really good. I like the way that it ended. I think it gives the story a good amount of closure. So, um, mm. Interesting. So I don't see how um, the story could go on after this. Um, after the events like in the book, but it's 15 years after. Book, so you yeah, still so have 15 years that they can work with for the show, yeah. since yeah. they said they have like 10 seasons ready to go. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, and like I said, it doesn't talk about June that much, and it really leaves sort of, I mean, what has happened to her what her journey is mm-hmm. sort it, it, it leaves it completely open so you know and that's what the showrunner has said like we're focusing on this character and sort of her journey right so um so yeah so it was really cool highly recommended um i saw some interviews with her lately um they're pretty funny because you know uh everybody's like oh you know did you write this just because of the current you know, political yeah. climate. And she's like, well, no, I had started it, you know, a long time ago. And then, you know, she's like, I, but she had reached a plot, a point where she's just like, why bother kind of thing? Mm. The world seemed like it was moving in the right direction. And, right. Uh, and then like, she's like, well, you know, the, uh, the current climate sort of encouraged me <laughs> to finish it. To go back to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Can't imagine why. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so that was really cool. good. I just started reading the Institute, um, you know, Stephen King's new one. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Awesome. Have you guys been reading anything? Stephen, did you read more of the, uh, because internet? I did. <clears throat> and it was, it's been really enlightening. Cool. Um, but you know, but what's interesting is like, it really is just kind of, I, I think, it, a lot of it's kind of confirmation bias stuff, so I have to be really kind of careful because I already kind of pre-believed some of the um, the propositions she was making. I definitely think, without, and I'm not even going to go into details because I've been rambling a lot. I think this is one of those things that if you find yourself, if you're one of those people like me who find yourself trapped in debates and arguments on Facebook with people who post memes complaining about how people talk nowadays or whatever. So basically, if you find yourself complaining with boomers about the way millennials talk or the way, you know, whatever, and using social media, this book will give you so much ammo. Like, 
the two of you very likely see me in the Facebook having some of these debates occasionally, you will over time start to see some of my arguments change, and I think that's it's cool. Um, it's 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 it is a I haven't finished it by a long shot because it's kind of dense. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's written in a very light-hearted way. It's just you really gotta concentrate. It's not a read while you're going to sleep book, right? This is like you know, but it's not homework all at the same time. You guys uh, know how that works, yeah. yeah. Um, or maybe it's very different for you guys. Um, I don't know, but it's um, you know, but it's very funny in in that you know, it's meant to talk about kind of absurd crap, right? In a very kind of analytical way, so it's really neat. Cool, really neat. Uh, Gina, have you been reading anything? No, women's studies, women's textbooks. studies textbooks. Yes, yeah. feminism is for everybody. Go read it. <laughs> Not kidding. Is that the title of a book? Yes. Oh, okay. Bell Hooks. Feminism is for Everybody. My students love it. It's a really good book. It's very short and very easy to understand. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. I love how you threw in there very easy to understand. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a dig for anybody. About it but... and you're just like, it's very easy to understand. <laughs> it's not. It's very well. He's talking about his book being dense and yeah, a lot of academic texts, especially a lot of academic texts that deal with like gender and you know yeah. sexuality and all that stuff can be kind of thick and unapproachable. Um, but even in the introduction, Bell Hook says, you know, I was looking for the book that was quick and short chapters that just focused on, you know, the issues at hand. And she said, and it never showed up. So I decided to write it instead. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) this is that book and all, you know, all the chapters are like three or four pages long and Mm -hmm. deal with like major issues, including parenting. There's a chapter on parent on feminist parenting. So yeah, it's a really, it's a really great little book and it's not very, big or very long, but I didn't use it last year. I'd used it the year before and I had changed my book last year and then I put it back in this year because my students really liked it and I, I missed having it to reference. Hmm. So yeah. Anyway. Cool. Yeah. All right then. Well, I think that wraps it up. Thanks so much for listening. If you have questions, comments, or any feedback, you can send an email to geekingmoms at gmail.com. I Write for the Geek Embassy, and I did write for the Geek Embassy. (laughs) Yay! Resurrecting Um, slowly. (laughs) Yes, yes. So, you know, it's it's happening. I also uh, freelance for GeekWire. I recently just published an article about women's in games, sort of uh, using the Girls Night Games camp as the jumping off point. Um, And I also am back with my Disney Thrones girl Yay! podcast. Yeah. I was so excited when I saw you had an episode up. I'm like, oh, good. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Awesome. And I actually feel like, you know, I was doing like sort of these plot recaps and I feel like it was getting weighted down a little bit in a plot recap. So I basically, I've been talking about some news and my feelings about the news. Um, good. Which I think is working pretty well. Yeah. So um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Nicole Tanner. As noted, top show Regina is from the Geek Embassy, or head geek at the Geek Embassy, and host of the Game on Girl podcast. Yes. Which is coming? Yes. Back. Yes. <laughs> I have, I'm, I'm in, well, I'm working on something. And it's, 
it's technical, so that means it's going to take me a little time to get it together. But I will have um, the audio from the panel that we did at Rose City Comic Con um, cool. available in the next week or so. Um, but I have to get the other technical stuff done first. <laughs> Once I get that yeah, taken yeah. care of. It was a great turnout for that panel. Oh, my God. It was the huge. Uh, we uh, like uh, it's almost 200 people <laughs> and it was wow. insane. I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I was, I was delighted, but it was the most, um, crowded, uh, panel we had seen that wasn't a celebrity panel. Um, wow. everything else that we had gone to had had like good turnouts, but it definitely had the most turnout. And I was part of the reason why I chose to do this or I wanted to try to do this was to see if there'd be enough interest for me to write a book on the gamer mm -hmm. types. Um, and this is the first time I ran the panel where I wasn't um, at the height of my podcasting. You know, I wasn't, I haven't been producing podcasts on any kind of regular basis. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know if people are still interested in this or they were just interested before because I had the podcast and to have that kind of a turnout with, you know, I, I did, I didn't even pay for a promotion on Facebook. So this was just people yeah. who saw it and were like, Oh yeah, let's go check this out. I think that, um, I think it's really showing that it's, it's something I should probably pursue. So cool. I'm going to work on that. Yeah. Very yeah. Cool. Uh, Steven is editor and founder of Engage Game of Gaming. What's going on over there, Steven? Lots of stuff. Holiday gift guide stuff now. Ooh. Um, because it's that time, yep. believe it or not. I know it's only September, but those of us in content creation know that now is when it's time to do that work. Yeah. Um. Uh. Trying to get it up, get get all because you, as you guys know, we do our gift guides by like console and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So Linda and I started work, and we're gonna try and get everything up by ten fifteen. Which I know that's like, man, Steve, that's like two weeks away. Um. But like. Man, our gift guide's complicated. Yeah. Um, and then internal debate, and some of the games that are going to be on there aren't out yet. So like, we got to like look at them and stuff. So it's uh, it's been it, it's a crazy time of year. Yeah. Um, but still podcasting. Um, and we're almost at episode two hundred, which yeah. is bananas. Yeah. It's gonna be crazy. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll be back in a few weeks. Bye. Bye.